Hello, hello, you found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today we're going to talk about pride and all its glory. We'll check in about the Underground Railroad on Amazon Prime. Did you see anything that you were... I'm watching obscure Danish television. Oh my goodness. Okay, well... Bootleg. (laughs) Oh, bootleg. Oh dear. Mm -hmm. Okay, before we get into what pride is now... I kind of wanted to talk about the fact that I suspected you were gay in high school. Oh, yeah. But didn't know, Mm -hmm. really, until you came out in college. Well, I came out to you probably before I came out to anyone else. I might have done that before You didn't formally come out to me. You had a relationship with someone named Hal, and that was the first I knew. Huh. I have a very different recollection. What is your memory? I seem to remember telling you that I was gay, but... I don't remember exactly when or where. Huh. You know, but maybe, no, maybe it came up in the discussion about Hal, and then I told okay. you. Okay. Hugh. <laughs> his real name was Harold, but his initials lined up in such a way that they spelled out H-E-W. And you Hugh. called him that? That was what he was going by, but, okay. but his given name was Harold. But you were living on Harold Way. That's, That's right. It's it, it's very confusing. It's confusing. For some reason, I thought that he was living on Harold Way and you were living with him, but you were living with Dane at the time. Right. We never lived together oh, because he okay. had an older boyfriend. Right. And I was his younger boyfriend. You were his boyfriend. <laughs> oh, we were so modern back then. Was he living with his older boyfriend? Yes. Okay. Pretty much. Although it's all hazy. I remember driving him home to La Puente, which should have... This rings a bell. <laughs> this is should have chipped you off. Well, it's when I started developing my tragic pattern of falling for guys who were geographically undesirable. undesirable. That has haunted me to this very day. <laughs> but compared to Rancho Cucamonga, La Puente is almost like the big city. Yeah, really. It's a throbbing metropolis. It really is. <laughs> I was very in the closet, and I was even in the closet to myself in high school. I I was out to myself. I got it. I knew I was gay, but I was so mortified by it that I tried to sort of pack it away in a little box and keep it hidden. But I was leading a kind of a double life. Oh, I was working at the music center, and I was living in the valley. So I would drive home, and on the way was Hollywood. So I would, I got off at nine o'clock at night. So I'd always drive to Hollywood, park my car and walk around in Hollywood. Really, I was trying to pretend I was in New York and I would just walk up and down Hollywood Boulevard. But I learned a lot about gay street life because of my affinity for traipsing back and forth on Hollywood Boulevard and later Selma Avenue, which is Selma. a, a block south Selma. of Hollywood sure. was where all the male hustlers yeah. walked around. Yeah, it was weird. And then I had, you know, a guy in the drama class who had a very strong crush on me. And it was very awkward for me yeah. um, because yeah. he must have known I was gay. So, yeah, I was a closeted high school gay guy. And then I came out. I was out at UCLA, but it was weird. I'd kind of go through phases where I would go back in again. I was trying to pray away the gay sometimes. So it was okay. a little bit of a revolving door until I was able to sort of break free of Christian science. And when did that happen? Well, that didn't happen until way later when I was in New York. But the odd thing was, I was in New York and I was very much an out gay person. I was going all all kinds of places that uh, you just would not go to if you were straight. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very out, but I was also, I guess I could say I was conflicted about being gay for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. And I would go to the Christian Science Church on McDougal Street in the village and the hoot there was that they wouldn't take me as a member. And they said it was because I didn't demonstrate sufficient reverence for Mrs. Eddy and her legacy as the founder of Christian Science. But that was a fig leaf. I think they knew I was gay and they didn't want to have a gay member. But the kicker was gay people were there. 
George Firth used to go to that church. Oh, really? It was just weird because I would have thought any fully self-possessed, self-respecting, out gay person wouldn't go near a Christian science church because of the homophobia. But no, there were people who did. And I think they were like me. I think they probably had been raised in it. And like me, they held on to this idea that there was something true and healing about that religion. And they wanted to stay part of it and stay attached to it and be accepted in it. Mm -hmm. Well, it has some interesting philosophy, and I could see that being really compelling. Gay or straight, and I can see yeah. that there, there on the is... surface it's very attractive because yeah. it's all about God is love, right? And there's no hell, and there's no devil, and there's no sin. But it has its own dark side. It just comes in in a weirder way. My experience was that it taught you that your thought was responsible for everything you experienced. And anything you were experiencing that didn't fit with this concept of harmony, and that could be anything from a physical illness to a relationship issue to financial trouble to poor self-esteem. It was a result of your not having a clear understanding of the spiritual nature of God and of yourself as God's fully spiritual, absolutely 0% physical reflection. So anytime something bad happened, something you labeled bad... It was because of your thinking. Now, a Christian scientist would say, oh, no, that's not what we teach. We teach that God is the only mind, so you don't even have to worry about your thoughts because... God's the only one knowing and having thoughts. But in practice, it boils down to there's something wrong with my understanding, and that's why I'm experiencing this problem. So it's on me. The reason I wanted to ask you about your coming out is because we've talked about the idea that someone who is coming out today Mm -hmm. has a really different experience than what you had. Yeah. And living a, a really different life and how it feels to be celebrating pride right now as a person who, as I know because I'm about to turn 67 myself, you're about to turn 67 and you've been out for probably decades, 45 years. decades. Mm-hmm. And how life has changed for you. I mean, there's layers. I don't know if being out and having gay pride are the same thing. I don't think they are. I don't really think I understand exactly what gay pride is, but I like the sound of it. And for those who experience it, I think it's great. I don't feel pride in my gayness, but what I do feel just more recently, see, when you come out and you're gay, it's not really coming out. You're coming out, but you're going into a new cage, which is the gay world Uh and identifying yourself as gay. And that identity can be as limiting as hiding out in the straight community. So that's why I've been ambivalent about the idea of gay pride. I respect everyone else who feels it and gets it and has it. And I think it's important politically to be visible and loud and stand up for rights and all of that. I don't mean to imply anything different. But what I've come to understand is, for me, the journey has been pride in my humanness, all of it. The good and the bad and Uh all of it. Uh And so I get to hold my gayness and own it and love it, but I don't have to define myself by it. And I think for a long time, I felt that the gay pride idea was trying to push me to being first and foremost gay. Gay identifying. Like identifying myself to myself by my sexual orientation. And that felt limiting. Yeah. So I've come to embrace gay pride on my own terms which is for me really embracing. And I think this is why it can be a a useful hook for anyone who's struggling with issues about their self-worth. I take it now as celebrating my wholeness as a human being, Mm -hmm. including the parts of me I don't even like, including the insecurities, including the body dysmorphic disorder, all of it. 
my experience around the gay culture that I've been part of is that there's a lot of shaming that goes on by gay people toward other gay people, also by gay people toward bi people, by butch gay guys towards femme gay okay. guys. Pecking it's not over. a big clean yeah. festival of we're all okay. okay. Maybe on Pride Day during the parade, everyone's okay. You know, There's ageism. There's, there's yeah. a lot of problems. And maybe that's true in any minority group. Maybe there's always striations. I'm sure that that's true of any minority group. One of the things that I heard recently was with Roxanne Gay, who is this very famous African-American gay writer. And she was discussing Pride with um Someone who was gay. Oh, uh, Sam. Sam is on NPR. You probably heard him. I'll think of his name in a second. But there was some consternation around the idea that people who are kinky wouldn't be allowed in. That it's become so corporate that it's now for families who want to bring their children, whether they're straight or not, that it's a celebration of... Uh, you're talking about pride itself. Pride. As, as a, pride as a parade as, um, or as, a, as an event. Yeah. Because now queer police are not allowed to be part of the Pride Parade at in, all. In some places, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just categorically they were banned. I don't think from... so. I think it's city by city. Oh, it is. Okay. I, I think so. Okay. But Sam I... Sanders is the name of the okay. person I was cool. trying to remember. There's been a lot of discussion about the fact that it is so corporate and that now Coca-Cola has rainbows on their oh, right. cans. And yeah. I'm not gay, so I don't right. really have... I actually like that. I think that's fantastic. I, I get the point. But a year or two ago, I forget where I was, in Las Vegas or somewhere, and I had to go into a Target to buy something in Bullhead City, Nevada or somewhere, and Target had a whole gay pride display thing going uh -huh. on throughout the whole store. And I just thought it was phenomenal. Corporate or not, I think just the exposure, the visibility of it is what's really important. I love it. I remember when my oldest came out and she said, Mom, I have something to tell you. I'm in love with my roommate, Emily. And I was worried that she was going to go through her, because I think this was in her junior year. I didn't know she was gay. Mm -hmm. I should have, but I didn't. There were early signs, many early signs. But as I always say, she had an Orlando Bloom poster in her room and it confused me. <laughs> But I was so thrilled that she was in love with someone. You have to fall in love with your own college because it's the only time that you have that kind of unfettered access to another person when you're not working in an office or you both don't have jobs. College romance is kind of mandatory. Mm -hmm. And I was thrilled that she was in love. I remember saying to her, I'm so glad it's 2012, but it's only 2012. We had come through the 2008 same-sex marriage. Oh, um, right. Prop 209 or something? Prop 8. Prop 8, that's right. Being voted down. was another bad one. Yeah, so that was voted down. And then we were two years away from same-sex marriage being allowed by the Supreme mm -hmm. Court. Okay. Sanctioned, I should say, not allowed. And I just remember I had so many different feelings about her safety mm. and how she was going to process being gay. I didn't have any real concerns about her own self-identity, right. but how the world would treat her. But those are practical concerns. I mean, that's great. That's just you loving her. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm. <laughs> her roommate was the vice president of her sorority. Zoe was the president of the sorority. And they came out as being a couple and all hell broke loose. 
Zoe said, Mom, we're the first gay women in this sorority. And I said, no, Zoe, you're the first out gay women in your sorority because I'm uh, so sure right. there were so many women right, right. before you who were yeah. gay. Well, Lily Tomlin had a line in one of her bits on this record called Modern Screen. She talks about being in high school in Detroit. She says, of course, back then, no one was gay, just shy. <laughs> shy, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> I remember a friend of mine, when I told him that I was actually happy that Zoe had come out, he thought I was crazy, but I said, there are elements of male-female relationships that are fraught, mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about domestic violence. I don't have to worry about unwanted pregnancy. Right. I don't have That's to worry true. about that shit. And obviously, neither did she. Mm-hmm. There are just as many complications in a same-sex relationship as there are, as you know, in any heterosexual relationship. Right. So you can find any level of, of sanity or, or yeah, yeah, and probably domestic violence as well, uh, but not to the same extent. I mean, you don't hear about women killing other women. Mm-hmm. There was a shooting, actually. There mm-hmm. was a shooting of a lesbian couple. One had broken away, and the other one had shot her. Yeah. And that happened recently. But I mean, that's really the man biting the dog story. I just don't think that there's the same level of violence. Maybe in gay women. But in gay men, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's probably more aggression. Well, I've experienced it, so it can happen. Oh, I didn't know. It was mild but disturbing, but we'll talk about that another time. Okay. But yes, I know someone else who's a mutual friend of ours who had the same problem in his relationship. And I've heard that it's not uncommon. Right. It's funny, my oldest daughter is very integrated as far as her sexuality and her identity and all the rest of it, and has marched in pride parades Mm -hmm. and is out there. I'm just very grateful that there is the level of acceptance that there is, even though I have told my daughter that she is not allowed to live in the interior of the country. Oh, yeah. She's allowed to live on a coast, one coast or the other. Yeah, there are those realities. I guess I don't have anything more to add. I just want to acknowledge that this is a really important month and it is meaningful to me being the mother Mm -hmm. of someone who's gay. Yeah. The fact that we have a gay pride month and a gay pride parade and a gay pride festival and all of that is important. It's very important. And the fact that it doesn't mean we're done is okay too. It's not like a one and done. This is a process that's ongoing. There will always be these tensions and these yeah. conflicts that, that we'll have to deal with forever. I was just remembering when Obama was still in the White House, they lit up the White House with rainbow oh, colors. Oh, that was fantastic. And that was just, just as a symbol, that was just like such oh, a mind bender. It was great. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that moment. I was just floored. Well, onto and, a subject that's problematic. I had been watching the Underground Railroad. Oh, yeah. And I mentioned before that I had seen the first episode. I appreciated it, but it was so brutal, and I had issues with the pacing of it, so it didn't grab me. But I promised myself that I would investigate further, and I did. And starting with the second episode, it really is, I mean, it's a tough watch. It's about slavery, and it's about brutality. Right. And it's not something that I think I can recommend without giving that caveat first. Sure. But it's so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it 
It fills me with a certain kind of shame just watching it. But I don't think that I can look away from that mm-hmm. as a member of our society. I think I'm obligated to watch it whether I liked it or not, whether I thought it was a worthwhile piece of art, which I do. It's very compelling. It's hopefully going to end up in a place different than the episodes that mm. I watched because the inhumanity is very, very hard. It's vivid. It is. And I've never seen anything about slavery that didn't give me that feeling. Right. Simply because the institution was so horrific and inhumane, Mm -hmm. I guess is the only word I can think that describes it. And I really recommend it. I think it's an important miniseries and it's incumbent on anyone who is really interested in race relations and our history to see it. Definitely. I think we have to open our eyes to the dark stuff, but we have to know it. We have mm-hmm. to know it. doesn't mean we have to live in pain about it, but we have to know what that part of our humanity is capable of. Well, yeah. what is the phrase? Those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it? Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that. One interesting thing that coincided with my watching of the Underground Railroad was the anniversary, the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Massacre. Mm. in Oklahoma. That's been getting a lot of play. Amazing that it has. I learned about it because a friend of mine made a short film Mm. about a couple. It It was happening outside the door of the people who were inside. So I didn't see the actual bloodshed. But I remember asking her, was this a real incident? And learning more and more about it and how horrifying it was. Right, right. There was another, Rosewood, I think, Mm. was another one in, I want to say, Florida that happened 10 years earlier. And what to do about that kind of bloodshed that was perpetrated by people who have descendants who are still living. There are three people who still are alive that were alive during those massacres. And one, the oldest, is 107 years old. And she testified recently, and she said... I can still smell that smoke. I live with it every day. Oh, wow. The state of Oklahoma has not made reparations to any of those people. And the whole U.S. educational system has not told a single school child about that aspect of our history. I heard today, I was listening to some younger women who were in their mid-30s talk about the fact that they did learn about it, that they they had some knowledge of it. Hmm. I never heard about it. Well, in my history books, we didn't even hear about slavery. We knew it happened, but we didn't learn anything about the... Brutality of Mm -hmm. it. No, it was just that people worked on those plantations. That's what we learned. Yeah. We're peeling back the onion and seeing that even the people that we admire for the ideas that they had, all men are created equal, didn't apply to the people who were working on their plantation. Well... We're at time. Past. Long past time. Not that long. Oh, okay. But we have to say goodbye to our Boomer friends. Oh. Goodbye, Boomer pals. So long. Happy Pride Month. Yes. Whatever it is. Whatever. That's right. Let your freak flag fly. We will talk to you again in a week. So long, Boomers. Bye-bye. And all. And all. We don't want to otherize you. No, no. Just if you're a (laughs) non-Boomer. See ya.